Welcome back. <laughs> um, welcome back, I guess. Uh. Yeah. Um, God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is Ruining Childhood, and I am Sarah. And I am Kirsten. And what are we talking about today? Uh, today we're talking about the extended Star Wars universe. So, standalone movies and one batshit insane Christmas special. I have several disclaimers for this episode. I have been told by several people that the Clone Wars animated series is one of the best pieces of Star Wars media and that it's an absolute must watch and that it's really great. I intended to watch it for this. I did not. I instead spent my time binge watching the Ted Lasso show and trying to find out who I think my soccer team would be if I lived in the UK. Uh, it's Leicester <laughs> City, by the way. That's my team. <laughs> but so I didn't watch the Clone Wars series. I did watch about half of the Clone Wars movie. And I know people are going to be mad at me when I say this, but I hated it. Uh, <laughs> like, I I just couldn't get into it. It's the animation style just is weird to me. That's fair. It's kind of it's kind of odd. It's it's a little uncanny valley for me and this is going to sound bizarre when I say it, but sometimes when things that are animated or CGI like move too fast and they're really colorful, it makes me sort of like motion sick. That's not like exactly the right word, but it kind of gives me like a little bit of a yeah. headache and kind of makes me feel queasy. It's kind of just like a Just lot. a lot. I had the same experience when I watched the new cats. Like the, I think a lot of people felt <laughs> yeah. The new cats genuinely, I had to turn off because I felt so sick. But it's like sometimes when the motion is too fast and the colors are too bright and it's like animation and not live action, it makes me feel physically unwell. So I I didn't even finish it. <laughs> um, so I'm sure there are a lot of great story points, but um. I was really bored and nauseated, so I just turned it off. <laughs> I have been wanting to watch the TV show because I do have a tendency to like animated TV shows, um, even when they're for kids, because I am just like that, I guess. But I, I haven't gotten around to it yet. Um, yeah, well, apparently it's really good. A lot of my family members told me that this was their favorite Star Wars thing. But um, I guess not for me, question mark. It just didn't hook me. I don't I don't know. Um it's a lot of action scenes and not a lot of dialogue and talking, which is Oh. A, I don't know if I'd like what, it then. It's like a complaint with the movies, but it's like they took that complaint and switched it and made it a lot of action and not as much slow talking. So I was just kind of confused. So I'm very sorry if this is your favorite thing looking at you, Sammy, but uh I I didn't like it very much. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, sorry. Well, what what did you watch, Kristen? I watched a lot of other things. Oh, apparently there's also another animated TV show called like New Rebels or something. I didn't even know that existed until today, so I didn't watch it. <laughs> oh yeah, I have heard about uh, that. I wonder if that's a Disney It's a, it's a Disney what? XD channel thing. Oh, right. So yeah. I don't get those sense. channels, so I didn't know that they existed. Yeah. So I didn't watch it. But I did watch... Wait, what did I watch? <laughs> what are these movies called? Oh, sorry, everyone. I'm scatterbrained today. But I watched Rogue One, Solo, all of The Mandalorian, and and that's it. I watched those. I kind of forgot about Solo. Uh until you mentioned it just now. Not that I forgot it existed, but I, I, for, I forgot to consider it as, like, a extended universe thing. Yeah, uh, it's it's different. Oh, okay, so I kind of want to try this. So I'm going to list these, and you tell me who you think the audience is. Okay. Okay, so the original trilogy. Kids or adults? <sighs> kids. Kids, okay. The prequels? Uh, definitely kids. Definitely kids. The newer trilogy? Solidly both, because they're they're playing both on the nostalgia and also trying to sell them toys. Right, Rogue One, not not kids, kids not at all. all. <laughs> not Do not take your kids to see Rogue One. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, Solo. Um, nobody. Nobody. Honestly. It's for no, no one. Okay. 
<laughs> it's 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 not a, a horrible movie. It's just it's not the best Star Wars. It's not what I wanted it to be. Yeah, I think everyone feels that way. Uh, Clone Wars. Um, kids. Uh, Mandalorian. That's a tough one because I think it's they definitely made it so that kids can watch it, but I don't think it's targeted at exactly. Kids. It's the perfect medium. Yeah, I I just am like struck by the rapid di- differences in the franchise because some of these seem yeah. like they're completely targeted at kids. I mean, specifically Clone Wars, the prequels, maybe even. But then some of this is like extreme adult content, and I mean that specifically about Rogue One. <laughs> Especially the uh, it's, it's extreme adult content. I picture like the uh, New Hope porn version. Um, I wish it was like that. I just meant in terms of like violence and like really heavy themes. And uh, yeah. Rogue One is just really different than the rest of the franchise. Do you remember when we saw Rogue One together? I was going to ask you to tell the story of when we saw Rogue (laughs) One in theaters. (laughs) So, um, in my defense, first of all, it was the right at the end of finals week. I was in college at the time, and we went to see the midnight premiere, which is more like a 10 o'clock premiere, and um, it was about five minutes into the movie, and I was so tired. I had stayed up all night the night before. Like, that's not an exaggeration. Like, I literally, I pulled an all-nighter. And I had taken a nap earlier, but it just wasn't enough. And I was so comfy. Like, movie theaters are cozy. And, of course, it was December, so I had my jacket that I was using as a blanket. And I just went right to sleep. And I woke up in the middle of the movie. And the way we were sitting, it was um, Kirsten's then-boyfriend, now-fiancé, Colin, on her left, then Kirsten, then my sister Katie, then then me. And um, I woke up in the middle of the movie and, sa- and saw Darth Vader on the screen and said, Darth Vader's in this? And Katie's like, where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, we all walked out and we were like, wow, <laughs> so good. And- I was like, don't yell at me. But I was asleep that entire time. Because after, after I woke up and was like, like what is Darth Vader doing here? Kitty was like, if you've been asleep, you just need to go back to sleep. Like you're, you're, we're too deep in the movie now. You like you can't understand what's going right. on. Right, it's just gonna be spoilers um, if you wake up now. Yeah, and then I woke up at the very end. And I was like, C three PO and R two D two, and and that was kind of. I saw like the very very end, um, and then I went back to see it. Don't worry, I have seen the movie since then, but it. I was so tired. It was a really good nap, though. Like, I notoriously fall asleep during movies. I also fell asleep when I saw Moana for the first time. That was the same year. I was a really tired year. Uh, we probably saw Moana together also, and I cried heavily during that movie. So <laughs> I love Moana. My grandmother was in the hospital at the time, and I was extremely emotional about the grandma stuff. So, yeah, yeah. I was like a, a horrible mess. It, this is... Uh, Disney slash Pixar like to make movies about grandmas a lot, and that stuff really bothers me. <laughs> Coco ruined yeah. my life. <laughs> uh, I know for a fact we saw Coco together, and I literally was crying like the whole ride home. So I do remember that, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Coco was a lot. Uh, but it, it <laughs> highly recommend. Uh, if you're going to see kids movie, movie, it should be Coco. Yeah. No, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful movie, but so sad. So sad. So, so sad. But yeah, no, Rogue, speaking of sad movies. Yeah, okay, let's talk about Rogue One. So if you're like Sarah and fell asleep during your viewing, spoiler alert, uh, everyone dies in the end. <laughs> Literally every yeah. character dies. I. It is a war It is a movie. war movie, and not even like Saving Private Ryan where there's a happy moment. It is like fury, where it's just blown off faces and dead characters you care about. That's it. It's the movie. Yeah, they like give you these beautiful character arcs the whole movie just to kill everyone off in the end. It's kind of like Armageddon if you think about it. The movie with Bruce Willis. Does everyone die in Armageddon? Is that the one? Yeah, the Bruce. I I can't remember if I think a a lot of people die in that movie, but it reminds me of that where it's like only sacrifice. Yeah. But yeah, I so I rewatched the movie before we recorded this for the first time since probably it came out on DVD because I watched it once then. 
But when we saw it in theaters, I was so pumped about it. I loved it so much. And then rewatching it, I was just devastated. I feel like I got the adrenaline rush the first time. And this time I was just watching it and being heartbroken the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, especially when you know it's going to happen, you know? <clears throat> Like, you know, right. And uh, this was my Star Wars theory. That, so it wasn't as sad to me initially, because even though everyone told me that this was completely impossible, I sort of thought that uh, Jen Erso and Diego Luna's character, I don't remember the character's name, but I thought that they were Ray's parents. And so and like, you know, everyone was like, they die. They can't be her parents. And I was like, but that would be so Disney if there was like a scene we didn't see where they get rescued right before the explosion. Yeah. So I had my hopes. <laughs> I set my hopes so high that uh, little baby Ray was an Urso. And so, <laughs> so for the entire like Rise of Skywalker series, I was like, they're going to reveal it. They're going to reveal it. And they never did. So they are just for real dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what could also have been cool is if, um, I don't know. Well, no, not much time elapsed in that movie. I was going to say, like, if they just, you know, popped one out at some point. But that that just literally could have <laughs> Right. So, like, in my theory, I was like, oh, so Ray was born... You know, these are her parents. They are part of this early rebellion. They're like unsung heroes. And then she's going to be their kid secretly. But no, that didn't happen. Nope, she had to be a Palpatine. So. Yeah, honestly, my thing would have made more sense than the Palpatine thing. Everybody made fun of my thing, but I think they would have preferred that to the Palpatine storyline. <laughs> I think most things would have been preferable to the Palpatine storyline, so. <laughs> but, so, I I thought that they purposely cast two people who looked like if they had a baby, it would look like Rey. Yeah, I do feel like, like, I feel like Diego Luna has that kind of angular face, and then, like, the other girl's kind of, like, a, uh, you know, a white British Yeah, <laughs> so. uh, all white British ladies look exactly the same. Uh, what's the problem here? Yeah. What? <laughs> Like, it made complete sense before, like, when, when I was very much on, like, the Rey Skywalker train, it made complete sense that she could have been, like, the granddaughter of Natalie Portman, because, like, Natalie Portman, Kira Knightley, Daisy Ridley, and Rose Byrne are, like, the same person. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that makes also a lot of sense. So... Again, they went with the weirdest possible option. Gosh, we could we could keep talking about Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> uh, we won't do it again. We've already got a three-hour episode. <laughs> it already has too much of our energy. It's taken enough. It's from taken us. too much. I do like the movie Rogue One. It is devastating though, and I am the kind of person who I only want to watch something devastating once. If it's too yeah. sad, I don't need to rewatch it. So. With the rest of the Star Wars franchise, I've watched it a lot of times. I probably won't watch Rogue One again until maybe, you know, I completely forget what happens and I rewatch it. Uh, yeah. You're like, oh, was it wasn't so bad, was it? Or maybe like when we're in a better emotional place as a as a society. Um, it's, it's been a I was going to say, maybe that's part of it. Because when I watched this, I was like, how was there ever a time where I found this movie enjoyable? <laughs> Because this this watch, I just was miserable the whole time. Because uh, yeah. just for a little concept, the movie is basically Jin Erso's father is a scientist who is kidnapped uh, in a very Nazi-esque way by the Republic to work on the Death Star. And... Her mother is killed and he's kidnapped and she is in hiding so that the Republic can't find her and kidnap her as well. And then the movie is essentially about finding him, finding the plans for the Death Star so they can destroy it. And there's a lot of other subplots, but that's sort of the gist. So that's dramatic on its own. Uh, I read a tagline that I'm going to paraphrase and it was essentially uh, Luke Skywalker grows up in peace and tranquility and dreams of adventure 
Jin Erso grows up in turbulence and is searching for tranquility. Uh, she doesn't want to be Aww. part of any army. She just wants to stay out of it and be on her own. And she can't. And then she, and she can't. Because of who her father is and who she is in relation to him and to the rebels. So, you know, she uh, she ends up dying in a gigantic explosion with all of the people she cares about. So what a way to go. Bummer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. One thing I kind of did. I mean, sorry if you're like, I don't know if you're going to bring this up, but I like the some of the world building we got in regards to the religion surrounding the yes, force. Yes, uh, that is very interesting. And also, uh, there are two characters in this movie who are some of my favorite characters in the whole universe. And yeah. arguably the first gay couple in all of Star Wars? Question mark? Possibly. That's... I think I know who right, you mean. Um, should I forget their character names? But the two guys who are associated with with each other in some way, and one is a firm believer in the Force, and he is blind and uses the Force sort of to see, and he, through the whole movie, repeats, I'm one with the Force, the Force is with me, and gets through his life that way by being strong in his faith, and his partner, buddy, whatever he is, is a, a disbeliever who, after his friend is murdered, decides that he believes in the Force and uses the Force Aww. to enact his revenge on the people who killed him. Oh, God, it's too much. That's it's too much. That scene is so beautiful. I was, like, weeping when it was happening. The second that he picks up, like, his weapon and he's like, I'm one with the Force. The Force is with me. I lost my mind. <laughs> I knew it was coming. And I was like, I can't handle this emotionally. <laughs> that is so much. And also so beautiful. Like, it was a very beautiful scene. And I do love those characters. I think that... I, I like that this was kind of an ensemble cast where we got little bits of storyline for everybody. I think that was well done right this is very much all of the characters are sort of on equal footing um and this is a fairly diverse cast comparatively especially as even to um the newest trilogy there's a lot of diversity in this movie so that's yeah. a that's a big bonus i think disney was working hard to i'm not going to say they were doing it for honest purposes i think they were doing it to make money and to appeal to a larger audience but uh, the the end result is still better. So yeah, celebrate wins when they come up. This movie's pretty diverse, but it's devastating. And this is absolutely targeted to adults. I think if a if a child saw this movie, a a lot of it would go over their head, and b it would be really hard to explain the ending. <laughs> yeah, like everyone just kind of died. You know? <laughs> Hey, did you see that explosion? That was every person we just saw. They're all dead now. Do you want to talk about it? Uh. <laughs> a lot of kids did see it, though, for one thing, because I bet a lot of parents, like, didn't know what it was going to be. And then also, just there's probably some, like, diehard Star Wars fanatic kids out there that were just like, I have to see it. I don't care what right. it is. So, yeah, I'm sure a lot of kids saw it and had awkward car rides. Again, we're back at this... Uh, it's hard to talk about death with small children, especially in mass. Uh. Yeah, like as a result of war. Like, I don't know, I feel like that's a, a big conversation about uh, about war. <laughs> uh, it's like... There's oppressive regimes, you have to start a rebellion. And sometimes you will all be executed. It's just the way it is, kids. Get used to it. Cause. You have to die for the cause. That's the message we want to tell our kids. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Rogue One is rough, but good. Usually I have like facts of how much money they made or something like that. I don't have any facts about these movies. Again, I, I'm i just sort of laying my opinions out here about these. So yeah, 
That's a bonus episode. We're going on vibes. This here. is this is just vibes. We're vibing. I'm gonna tell you some thoughts, and then if you disagree, I assume a lot of you will hit us up. Yeah, give us hate mail, please. I want, really want, want somebody to just eviscerate me. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, for all you Always Sunny fans, I want to be like uh, Frank Reynolds when he's like, give it to me with both barrels. That's me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Roast me in my Star Wars opinions. Just don't be mm-hmm. sexist when you do it. Yeah, don't don't be like that. Don't mansplain or anything. Just, you know, just be, you can be rude, just not. Yeah, I will respect all rude comments as long as they're not rooted in racism, sexism, or any sort of misogyny. <laughs> yeah yeah like don't you know but but do tell us we're stupid i love it when people tell me i'm stupid that's stupid and wrong and here's why solo was the best star Wars. okay well here's where i'm gonna make a lot of people mad i think star wars is better than people gave it credit for wait did you say star wars Um, is star wars okay i think solo is better than people give it credit for i you know I can I can I can support that. You're not the only one who I've heard that actually like really enjoyed. I didn't really enjoy it, but they had a plot line that I think is important and that had been completely overlooked in the Star Wars universe until this movie. The plot line of just Han Solo's background or like something more more specific. specific. It's been a while since I've seen it. You're gonna have droid liberation. Oh yes, yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, with Ellen Pompeo as as a droid. Yes. And she did one of the voices. I didn't know that, but sure. Uh, that droid <laughs> character. Her like only work outside of Grey's Anatomy. Sorry, continue. I didn't even know it was her, but that's cool. Uh, that character's awesome. So for those of you who haven't seen Solo, and it's probably a lot of you because most people wrote this off before they even saw it just from the trailer. <laughs> Fair enough. I saw it at a drive-in, so the stakes were a lot lower. <laughs> Oh, I, w- I wish I had seen it at a drive-in. I was in Charleston that I summer. saw it at a drive-in, and the I think the double feature was Solo and then the like, most recent Pirates of the Caribbean movie. And I was literally, like you, asleep for the entire Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Uh, yeah, that, that's your move, going to the drive-in and sleeping through the second movie. Yeah, I, I have done that quite a few times because it is really hard for me to stay up that late. <laughs> it's very hard. You slept right Yeah, uh, I saw one song in Aladdin. Um, I saw no songs in Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Our friend Christina woke me up and was like, uh, we're going home now, so you're going to have to wake up. <laughs> because I was like asleep in the back of her car. So <laughs> yeah, so solo at the drive-in's the way to go because you don't waste as much money on a ticket if it's horrible. Yeah, exactly. But, so I don't think it's a completely irredeemable movie. I really like a lot of the characters. The one character that I hate in it is actually Han Solo. <laughs> uh, I, I, I love Woody Harrelson's character. I love uh, Sandy Newton's character. I like... I usually hate Amelia Clark, but I kind of liked her character in this. Same. Same on both. Yeah. Uh, I I liked her character in this. I loved, 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 loved Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian. Like, perfection. And I love the way he played that character as, like, an unashamed pansexual yes. oh. <laughs> uh, bless him honestly like that, that yeah. was good that was very yeah. good um so i loved those parts but my favorite part of the whole movie i'm not even going to summarize the plot because it's really convoluted <laughs> but <laughs> essentially <laughs> the plot point i want to focus on is the droid uprising that is started by a droid so through the whole star wars universe Droids are present in every single one, and they are always in servitude to humans or whoever is running the show. But we know for a fact that droids have thoughts and feelings. Yeah. So I'll back that up with, in the roughly hour I watched of Clone Wars content, there were droids who literally would say, Oh my god, when they were being murdered. <laughs> and they also would say like ow. <laughs> so 
I was. So they feel pain. They feel pain. They're somehow programmed to feel pain. (laughs) Why would you allow that? It's like, (laughs) and then and then they go, why? Why do our creators allow suffering? (laughs) Why do our creators allow suffering? I mean, honestly, like this is an area that isn't explored and is a little bit fucked up. Um, so <laughs> droids also have restraining bolts that keep them from having their own thoughts. <laughs> Love that. Wow. That's mind control. That's so fun. that like, that's through the whole series too. In a new hope when R2 uh, first meets Luke he tricks Luke into taking out his restraining bolt and then immediately runs away. So... <laughs> As R2 does, he's he's a little shyster. Right. Uh, he's tricky. And we know he has his own thoughts and that he wants to play by his own rules, but can't because he has a restraining bolt. So droids are just very much synonymous with this universe and they are just treated like robots, which they are. But if you're going to make them sentient be- beings with feelings... You can't treat them like slaves. Right. Like, you know, it's one thing if they're just like a Roomba, essentially. <laughs> right. Or like or like your your Google thing, you know, just basic AI. Like that's fine. I, I uh I'm very rude to the AI in my life, personally. But yeah, you're right. If they feel pain, if they have feelings, that's different. And uh that's I think where whereas I, I feel like R2 and C3PO, um, they seem to have a pretty sweet deal with the with the resistance where they were treated relatively well and they seem to feel a sense of belonging there since you know they feel things right i think that they they sort of choose to be part of the rebels almost yeah not that they had a choice but if they had a choice they would choose it <laughs> bb8 also seems like he's there by choice because BB-8 follows people around as he wants to. Sensing it in the way that, like, a dog is sentient. Right. So, yeah, and that's the other thing. There are obviously different levels of sentience between these droid characters. So, yeah, BB-8 is sort of like a dog. But C-3PO is very humanistic. Um, He has human manners and sort of human functioning. So... The character who starts the droid revolution in Solo is named L337. And so she is so sentient, in fact, that she tries to free other droids from service. So she starts a revolution by taking restraining bolts off of working droids on a planet that they're, they're, like, salvaging stuff from. So she genuinely, like... Even says, like, I need to free my brothers and sisters. You need to be free. So she, as a sentient being, realizes that these other beings have consciousness and that they want to be free. So we have to reckon with Luke Skywalker owning a a being who has thoughts. Yeah. Like... We gotta recognize yeah, that. It's like, uh, it's just interesting. I'm not gonna condemn these movies because of that. It's just an interesting thought experiment. Um, when does it become right, okay yeah. to own something? And my argument is yeah. when it can think on its own, don't. Think on its own in a way that humans do. Right. I, w- I would add I was, to that. Because... I was gonna say dogs think on dogs. their own, but they can't run themselves. <laughs> yeah, dogs, I mean... Do they think on their own? The way that my dog operates, I would say that there's no thoughts in that brain, but that's neither here nor there. All of my dog's thoughts are devious, so she can't be left to her own devices. She's deceptively stupid. She is very much a Columbo character. <laughs> yeah, she's secretly she's she's a uh, a Darth Jar Jar in the sense where she is a um a clown on the outside and a just an evil schemer on the inside. That's exactly it. She is my Jar Jar. But so this was just something interesting that I have been dying to talk about since A New Hope. I've been holding this in and saving it for this episode because I knew that there was a droid revolution in Solo. I wanted to talk about it in A New Hope, but I, I've been putting it on the back burner. 
And so this is one thing that comes up in The Mandalorian. And I'm going to try really hard not to give you any spoilers for The Mandalorian because I know you haven't seen it. But Yeah, I've seen an episode. Okay, so in one episode of The Mandalorian, a droid self-sacrifices. And one character is seemingly upset about this because it is a sad moment. It's very, like, climactic and sad. And the droid actually is like, I'm a droid. I am programmed to not feel pain. I am fine. Like, he's like, you're sad over something that's not alive, essentially. (laughs) Uh, So, so some droids have clearly been programmed not to have thoughts or feelings, but some of them obviously are. Like, these battle droids in the Clone Wars are saying, oh my god, when they're being murdered. (laughs) Why would they program battle droids to feel paid that's cool I know, whoever I did know. that absolutely i know well this is one of the reasons i couldn't finish this movie is because once that happened i was like i'm mortified <laughs> uh, because at one point a battle droid gets pushed off a cliff and as he's falling he goes oh my god so you know he feels fear <laughs> Well, we knew that because C-3PO clearly has anxiety. Right. But like this droid specifically fears dying. That's true. That is that is a bit of a different type of anxiety. And, like, and one of them is shot and goes, ow. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, did they add that in because it's a kid thing? Yeah. Like, kids I think it was played for a joke, but it messed me up. <laughs> Some eight-year-old out there is going to be like, do droids <laughs> Do robots, do androids dream of us? What is it? Simulated sheep? Yeah, yeah. Do, do, do they dream of, do they count robot sheep? Yeah, do whatever? androids dream of robot sheep? That's it. Uh, but yeah, that's, yeah. basically I'm saying, if Blade Runner's serious, then so is all Star Wars. <laughs> Uh, if you're gonna feel sad for the droids and robots in blade runner you gotta feel sad for the droids in star wars that's it and that's that folks uh question your morals every time you watch star wars (laughs) i want you to dig deep i want you to ask yourself is c-3po living his best life (laughs) no you know where c-3po would be living his best life if he were a cooking show droid that's what he was made for okay that's what that's his dream he wanted to be the julia child of droid cooking but look at him yeah. now fighting in wars he's gonna be the barefoot contessa oh after, <laughs> uh, after after they win the war or whatever that's uh show me that but so okay so disney listened to me before i even said this out loud but they are making a show slash or i think it's a movie but there's an upcoming film that is something something a droid story so we're gonna get the first droid focused movie in the star wars universe so i'm ready for that honestly i'm I honestly am pumped for it. I want all my questions asked and answered in the same movie. Yeah. <laughs> a droid story. I hope it's a love story. <laughs> That'd be cute. Basically Wally, but Aww. without the latter half of the movie where there's humans in it. Right. Yeah, no humans. I don't like that part of Wally. Uh I just like I just like the little ro I feel like Wally could have just been like a, a- some one shots of like a robot's life. Anyway, that's this isn't about Wally. Yeah, uh, Wally would be better as a short film that was only cute and not depressing. Yeah, it was immensely depressing. But anyway, but anyway, uh, so Droid Story on the way. We'll see how it goes. How they tackle this very complex issue. <laughs> yeah, I bet they're gonna like make it be about like the little adventures of like a BB-8 kind of character and like wimp out on you know they're gonna be cowards about it and not dive into the the big questions like uh does c3po feel pain <laughs> i'm gonna do like a like a very serious black and white french style movie and it's gonna be does <laughs> c3po feel pain it's gonna be c3po being sad and like oh bother, or whatever being he says. physically tortured It'll be uh, like a, <laughs> like the most intense torture scene, but it'll just be C-3PO going, oh, no. 
<laughs> oh, that tickles. <laughs> that would be very fun. Um, fun. That makes me sound like a masochist. <laughs> exactly. It's fun to laugh at droids' pain. That's what the writers of the Clone Wars were saying. Yes. we. It's okay if we laugh at their pain because they're robots. But so that's all I have to say about Solo. I don't really care to get ho- hooked up in this plot anymore. It's fine. <laughs> it's Yeah, it was, it was a time. It was okay. What else did you watch? The Mandalorian season one and two. Yeah, you're, you're real into that one. This is my favorite Star Wars content. Full stop. I love I it. That. I love it. That's why it's going to kill me to ruin it. No. <laughs> this one's gonna shatter me to my core um i can't ruin this one too much um it's really well written it's really well acted the budget was good they did the perfect amount of practical effects with computer animation we're back to puppets that look adorable and cute and perfect it's really good but as always there are problems which we've sort of gotten into so we've talked before that the mandalorian is and This is a quote that I pulled from their IMDb description, or no, the Wikipedia description of The Mandalorian, but it called it an American space western, and I feel like that's the best description of it that you can ever say. That feels right. It's an American space western, and it's really fun to watch, and I really love the actors in it, but again, we have that issue where specifically Tusken Raiders are kind of filmed as a parallel to... Native Americans, which isn't great. I will say that that's one of the roughest parts, and that's one episode in season two. And other than that, it really doesn't get into sort of any political theater or anything too heavy. It's a very light Star Wars show. It's basically about one guy and one baby. (laughs) So, one guy and one baby. Oh, a very nice, a very cute baby. The cutest baby that has ever not existed. Uh, One of my family members was uh, encouraging me to have a child. And I was like, I'm only having a child if I can be guaranteed it will be a baby Yoda and not a human baby. (laughs) Uh, I love human babies. I just, that's my response now when people ask me if I'm going to have children. Not until I can have a baby Yoda. (laughs) You're not going to have a child. You're going to have the child. The child. I only want the child. But so yeah, Baby Yoda is the cutest thing that ever happened. And I think the Mandalorian is doing so well specifically because we have been in such a turbulent, shitty time that really like a Western with really sort of an easy plot to follow with cute babies and like solid action scenes, but action scenes that aren't particularly stressful uh you sort of always expect the mandalorian to kick whoever's ass he's trying to kick he sort of always comes out on top and it's not even boring that is usually boring to watch but it's it's just good it's really good i love it five stars i I watched the first episode specifically for baby yoda i i'm here for baby yoda but then as it turns out baby yoda well actually no i did watch the second episode because i was like after the first episode i was like i only got like five seconds of baby yoda and so i i then i then watched the second episode to get more of him and then he you know eating that frog and everything like just what a great time i i do intend to watch more of it for baby yoda that's what i'm here for that's what you're there for like they know why you're there and they're giving it to you um Mm -hmm. Also, a fairly diverse cast. Again, the lead character is a white male. So we have yet to have a series or TV show or movie that's led where the the main lead character is a person of color or specifically a woman of color. But we do have one in the works because, not to spoil it too much, but Ahsoka makes a, an appearance in The Mandalorian and she is now going to have her own spin-off TV show. So That's exciting. So Rosario Dawson, as a woman of color, will have her own Star Wars series, which is nice. I and didn't know she was in The Mandalorian. Or did I? Did I know that? Spoiler. Sorry, Sarah. Um, 
No, I think I did hear that somewhere. I just like didn't. It wasn't at the forefront of my mind for some reason. Um. Also, plug your ears for this, Sarah. Uh, Boba Fett is also having a spinoff series from The Mandalorian, oh. and the actor that plays Boba Fett is a person of color as well. So we're going to have more diversity. Um, this might entice you to watch even more of The Mandalorian, but the actress who plays Mulan in the animated version is one of the main characters. Ming-Na Wen? Yes. No way, I love her. Yeah, I love her too, and she looks incredible. She has not aged since 1998, so. She truly has not. I used to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and then I forgot to finish it for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she was really great in that. And I, I just, I, you know, you really are convincing me to pick back up with The Mandalorian. I highly recommend it. The one actress in this show who I cannot stand by is Gina Carano and her stupid ass politics. Uh, she's an anti-masker. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard for me to talk about this show and not talk about my feelings, my personal feelings toward the actress. But I want to focus on the character that she plays and not talk about her. I, you know, I fully support not supporting her. But up until I found out about her politics, I really liked that character because she is very much not the typical body type that we see in women in action movies. So I was really excited about body diversity. I'm not as excited about it now, knowing what I know about her. But uh, Gina Carano, I think she's a very tall woman who's extremely muscular and not in like a Sarah Connor way, but in like a really like a rock way. Like she's very bulky and muscular. Yeah. So it's like a a female body type that we don't see a lot of. And when we do see it, it's usually like kind of played for a joke. And she's just really tough and cool, the character. So I was really excited about the body diversity. And then immediately crushed by her as a person (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i i i can definitely see that like i i think that especially in action movies because usually in action movies like the fast and the furious movies or like everything the rock has ever been in or vin diesel you get like these very beefy people and then the women are still like very thin as most actresses are expected to be even though they're doing like wild stunts that in real life would require a lot of muscle right a lot of like and you know weighing 110 pounds and being strong as possible but you know you can also be a very strong very uh beefy gal and be beautiful and it's important to see that type of body represented on the screen because you know olympic weightlifters are thick just it's you know it's a more yeah those are my main problems with the mandalorian is uh gina carano and her politics and then also the the tuscan raider native american parallel which i think is uncomfortable especially since tuscan raiders have sort of been set up as these horrible villains for the entire rest of the franchise i actually do really like that they're being humanized because it does suck how badly they've been treated so i'm glad to see them humanized but i wish that it wasn't exploiting sort of native american culture at the same time i wish writers would find a way to humanize a fictional culture without making direct parallels to real cultures especially when you know you're portraying them as like less than civilized uh and then comparing them to indigenous cultures that that's uh that's not so chill yeah that's not so chill um i didn't like that that kind of like put a bad taste in my mouth but the rest of the series i really enjoyed um all of the characters are really good in it except for that part also this was heavily influenced by japanese film and john favreau who directs it or the show i guess he's the showrunner because there are a lot of different directors but he says that he took a lot of influence from Lone Wolf and Cub, which is a a series about a samurai and a, and a baby out on adventures together. And so here is, here is a guy who is taking specific examples from a different culture and giving them full credit, which I like. Yeah, yeah. 
We like giving credit where credit's due. Right. And instead of just saying, like, blanket Asian culture, he's like, no, Japanese film. That's where this is. <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. Specifics. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not just like- be Asian. Let's be specific about what what people we are copying. <laughs> And I want to ask you, I, I, I'm dying to know, I don't mean to rush you through, the, the, but I, I'm dying to know your thoughts on the Christmas special. Okay, so this is where it gets interesting. I told Sarah this, but I got extremely drunk a few weeks ago. <laughs> Not extremely, safe, a safe drunk. I got a good buzz on and I watched the infamous Star Wars Christmas special. So, if you've never heard of this, this was a special that was released in 1978, so the year after A New Hope comes out, and it was so ill-received that George Lucas destroyed all existing copies. (laughs) (laughs) It only aired one time. That's how bad it is. They spent all this money to make it, and it aired exactly once. So all of the remaining copies are from people who recorded it onto their like home VCRs. Yeah. So the the video that I watched was from YouTube and it came complete with like the introduction that says Incredible Hulk will not air this week because of the <laughs> the Star Wars special. <laughs> so it's a uh, it's very classic. It is horrible start to finish in a very delicious way um (laughs) it's apparently so bad that this is how carrie fisher would get people to leave her house if they had been lingering too long but uh if you watch (laughs) it you'll understand why (laughs) so this christmas special is about life day um and life day is a holiday that wookies celebrate on their home planet. Oh boy. So the concept of this is that Han and Chewbacca are getting like chased down by Empire pilots and they need to get Chewie home to his family for life day. So the bulk of the special is not spent on any of the main characters. It's spent on uh, four people in really bad Wookiee costumes. <laughs> so uh it's about um chewy's wife who we never see ever again so chewy has abandoned his whole family his wife and his two children uh and his father who probably at this point has died and chewy didn't even go back for the funeral so uh he's the worst Chewie is an absent father. He's an absentee dad, and he can't even make it a point to be home before life day. So these costumes are horrible. Chewie's dad is obviously meant to have like an underbite or like missing teeth, but his face is like collapsed in, so it looks just uh nightmare inducing. I look this up. Yeah, please get a visual on them. I took notes while I was drinking, and they're sort of hard to read. I wrote down at some point that someone said hand solo instead of (laughs) (laughs) they made a they made a hand solo joke in this, so you know the humor was really, really (laughs) excellent. Uh also the Chewy family Chewy's family does not speak English and there are no freaking subtitles. Wait, so they have like full conversations? They have full conversations that you as a human viewer cannot understand one word of. <laughs> it's just ah, rah, rah, the whole thing. <laughs> Why would they do that? I don't know. I don't know if like the copy that I saw from YouTube was just missing the captions or with when they aired the the special if they didn't air it with captions but i was completely lost i didn't understand a damn thing that was going on <laughs> uh, I, i'm still having over hand solo hand, hand solo uh oh okay so there is a cooking show in this one 
Uh, it's a droid cooking show, like I uh, have always oh, wanted to I didn't know you were actually, I didn't know you were referencing a real thing when you said that. I actually didn't know I was referencing it. I forgot about this part until I looked at my notes just now, and it just says, uh, stir whip, stir whip, because that's all the guy would say. <laughs> First of all, it was a man pretending to be a female droid, and he had, you know the bit where someone's hands are behind their back and another person's hands are doing something in front of them yeah it was that (laughs) so this droid has four hands so two of them were the actual person's hand and then two of them were somebody behind him so the person behind him was just splashing stuff all over him like while he was doing the cooking show but yeah it's a it's a freaking mess and literally and figuratively it's but so the whole time he's just like stir whip stir whip stir stir whip that's it that's and that's what you wrote down i wrote that down as like remember this this is important (laughs) a note to yourself for the future stir Um, whip also i wrote down really sick musical interlude <laughs> why? I don't know why that was in there, but uh you know, it, I I bet it was sick. Oh, also, okay, so this is the the grossest part. There's a scene where the grandpa is using essentially a VR headset and it actually looks like one of the like old-timey hair dryers that you put down over your head. Yeah. It's that, but it's a a VR headset. And so the grandpa is watching it, and it's like a woman, and it is a black woman in the 70s, and she is being horrendously sexualized, and this is like the grandpa's fantasy, and she's like, oh, do you like it? She's talking like, this is, also, this is for kids. There is no adult that would ever enjoy this. (laughs) I don't know that kids would either. They make it seem like she almost talks as if she's like a prostitute to the grandpa. Like, do you like it when I wear this? Do you like this outfit I have on? And it's all very sexual like that. And again, like, there's a lot of uh, racial connotations here. And I was, I just wrote racist in all caps. (laughs) So strange to include that, like, this Wookiee is like getting off on vr porn yeah oh she says quote i'm your fantasy i wrote that down specifically because i was freaked out if you would have told me i mean you did just tell me that this was in a star wars christmas special for children i you know i unfortunately i do believe you because I, i i don't put this past george lucas um, so, first of all, I highly recommend that everyone on Earth watch this as soon as possible. If you've never heard of it, you need to see it. You don't need to watch the whole thing. It's absolutely not necessary. The plot's non-existent, and it's mostly just weird. But it, you do need to see it just to to know that it exists, because George Lucas doesn't want you to know it exists. Yeah, let, we like to expose him. Yes, uh, you need to see what was really going on. Um... The rest of the cast is in the movie, or the special, so Princess Leia makes an appearance. Um, It seems as though she doesn't know her lines. I assume this is like a, they, nobody has very many lines at all. I think they probably just like showed up that day and read over it a couple times and then read off a teleprompter, because that's how it sounds when Luke does his lines as well. He has like one little paragraph and it looks like he reads the entire thing he's also wearing just an over-the-top amount of makeup just like some visuals on this yeah please look him up because like whoever did the makeup that day was like thicker more foundation a little more eyeshadow please (laughs) jeez louise what wow what did they do to him it doesn't even look like mark hamill no it doesn't I want this must I think this was before his accident. I I'm I, it was 78, so I'm not sure. But um before, yeah, I don't know. But he looks bizarre. He looks bizarre. Carrie Fisher just seems so disinterested in it all, as does Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford seems like he is not getting paid enough to do what he's doing. <laughs> uh, I believe that entirely. I uh 
I, I didn't mention this when we covered the, the, I didn't mention this in the last episode, but I, something that as soon as Han Solo got killed off in the new series, I was like, this is probably because Harrison Ford is probably like, like a little bit done with this franchise. He's like, just please get me out of here. Yeah, I think that's, that's sort of been his feeling for a long time. I'm not even sure that his heart was in it, even in the original trilogy. Yeah. Also, Carrie Fisher probably high during this. Oh, she's absolutely high. And do you know how I know that? She bumps wow. into shit and like acts like she didn't. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> she's like walking oh. from behind a table and like bumps into it and they're like, ah, fuck it, keep rolling. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like they had one take and that was it <laughs> uh, but also her eyes like when she does her scene they do a close-up of her eyes and she is very visibly high you know i i have to believe that mark hamill was probably the only uh member of the primary cast that wasn't high for any of the filming he, he's just <laughs> he's just there for for the acting he's there for the art yeah, well, he that's why his heart wasn't in this. There's nothing artistic about this. This is straight capitalism. Um, um, I think his makeup is pretty artistic. <laughs> yeah, the makeup artist was the only one who showed up that day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> their work is the true artistry of this production. Uh, and whoever had to make all these chewy costumes and gave all of the Chewbacca family different hair textures. Yeah, we love that. We love... Uh, yeah. I love everyone having their unique look. Yeah, even when you're covered in fur, you still got to look like an individual. Um, mm-hmm. The son's name is Lumpy, though, and I felt like that was really important. <laughs> uh, there's an acrobatics like breakdown, but when I say acrobatics, it's like imagine if your high school did a Cirque du Soleil production. That's the quality. <laughs> Oh, it's like they hadn't invented actual gymnastics in the U.S. yet. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, uh, it's, it's bizarre. It is like very, very weird. And it's, uh, it's like they're watching it in miniature and like holograms, like, uh, you know, like the holographic chess that they play or whatever the game it's sort of yeah. meant to be like that, but they obviously spent a lot less money on it. So it looks exactly like the same thing it's obviously just like a forced perspective thing and it's just a videotape it's not like anything special they didn't try to make it look holographic at all (laughs) Um, little people doing uh bad gymnastics yep just little people doing like straight up bad cartwheels um (laughs) um and in case you had worried that there wasn't another musical interlude there absolutely is, and it's the band Jefferson Starship. <laughs> They're there too? Yes, and they don't perform a Star Wars song. They perform one of their regular ass songs in space costumes question mark. <laughs> and like, okay, so when I say space costumes question mark, I mean they obviously like met with the band and the band was like we want to look space, but we also want to look sexy. So just give us all the gray, silvery spandex you have. Some of us are going to be shirtless. Some of us are going to be wearing chokers over our chest hair. Some of us are going to be having the deepest V possible. And we're just going to be singing our regular songs. I, this sounds like a fever dream. <laughs> it's, I, I was like, I felt drunker than I actually was trying to watch this. It felt like maybe I had accidentally taken acid. <laughs> and, okay, so this musical song that they sing isn't like a minute. It's like three full minutes of, like, a 1970s rock performance. And it's all shot in that weird, like, um, everybody's in, like, dim lighting with just spotlights on them. So you can sort of see them, but not all the way. And they're all just, like trying to be sexy i don't know they're they're trying to be sexy space hairy dudes in a kids production (laughs) i would pay good good money to see a documentary slash oral history of this oh my gosh yes if anybody ever 
Carrie Fisher, but like someone's got to remember some stuff. Right. And I don't even want the perspective of like the actors who hated being there. I want like somebody's assistant who is in charge of booking Jefferson Starship. I need that perspective. Get me the makeup artist who did that to Mark Hamill. I want them on this documentary. <laughs> yes. If they are, I mean, they have to be like elderly by now. And I want, I want to hear what they have to say. I and need- Mark Hamill himself. I want to hear what he has to say. Yes. Always. Yes, I need all of the perspectives. Um, There also is a fairly large animated section, randomly, in the middle. And so this is the first time, this animation is the first time that we're introduced to Boba Fett, the character. Really? Yeah, and it's like, I don't know why George Lucas okayed this, but it's like, he comes in and he has a fairly significant role in it. It's like, he's a fairly important part of this animated section and then we just don't hear about him again for a while like it's bizarre like here's a character that i wrote for the main canon series let's just throw him in <laughs> let's introduce him in a very poorly drawn animation and like when i say poorly drawn i meant somebody who was like third understudy at Hanna-Barbera came over and did this (laughs) oh it's like they found the only person available and they were like hey you're good enough uh yeah you can draw right (laughs) (laughs) somebody was doodling on a napkin at lunch and they're like hey I got a job for you Uh, but yeah so that's as far as I made it I made it to the animation I was like I cannot do this anymore Uh, I am unable to finish this so I don't know what the ending's like but the beginning and middle are wild at the when I quit I looked at Colin I was like okay this has to be the end and he was like there's another hour left and I was like no (laughs) I cannot do it (laughs) oh my god no yeah Yeah, it's not sure everything you could get from it it's like an hour and 40 minutes i do want to watch this someday but only to only to get a sense of it not to um actually watch all of it because it sounds a bit a bit much oh i did make a drunken note that says first black woman on this series is in this and that's so unfortunate that that was the character that is oof. That's the seventies for you, but well, not even just the seventies. I feel like, yeah, you, know, you could the, that 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 kind of thing could happen today too, but yeah, George Lucas, uh, he has some answering to do. Yeah, well, you know, he he has gone to great lengths to destroy it, and he actually once in an interview said, if he had a time machine, he would take a sledgehammer to every copy. <laughs> so this is like his grand embarrassment and i'm actually not sure like how involved he was with this or you know if this was more the the tv studio i'm not sure who's to blame but i'm i'm equal parts horrified that it happened and very glad that it happened um it's yeah it's a roller coaster and we got those amazing wookie costumes so what more can you ask for yeah lumpy we finally got to see Lumpy. The uh, Chewie's abandoned family. Chewie's long abandoned family. I I want to see that story. Show me that family thriving with the new stepdad. <laughs> yeah, and then and have Chewie come back and, and be like, what happened? Like, well, you were gone. <laughs> I sacrificed my family to hang out with Han for 30 years. I hope he's at least paying child support. He's definitely not. Do you know how hard it is to wire people on the outer rim of the galaxy? <laughs> yeah, like he, he's uh, off the grid. Uh, yeah, yeah. And also, that man does not have a steady paycheck coming in. How does he ever make money? Stealing things. Stealing. But we never see a criminal. Him. We never see him profiting. We only see Han. So mm. his family is actually starving to death because they don't have any income. And that's the real tragedy of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, and droids feeling pain. Droids feeling pain. Chewie's abandoned family. 
this is a fun piece of trivia I read on imdb.com while I was looking into this. So in the first episode of The Mandalorian, the uh, first bounty that he picks up says something about, do you think you'll make it home for life day? Which is I which is what that. they're celebrating in the Star Wars Christmas special. So that stayed in. That That's still part of the canon. Yeah. Uh, John Favreau specifically to torture G- George Lucas referenced. <laughs> I don't know if it was specifically to torture him, but I'm sure he wasn't happy. Yeah. Like, I think that's that's hilarious. And I support that, John Favreau. Whatever, whatever your reasoning was. I love the uh, Star Wars Christmas special tie-in. Yes. Um... So yeah, that's all we have on the Star Wars uh, saga for now. There are so many books and comics and other media that I didn't get to. I just wanted to keep it basic with the the most mainstream things. And we'll have to do an update episode at some point because we will have several new series are in the works currently. So yeah. So we'll have new stuff in a few years, but for now, that's all I got. Yeah, tune in next week for some not Star Wars content uh, for once in a in a long while. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So see see you next week. Uh, good riddance. Good riddance.